So how has it been so far? Goodness. So, you know, I feel like every new person that comes, it's like there's a cycle. There's the initial excitement. You are happy to be out of Niger, right? You're finally in your dream country where everything is supposed to work perfectly. And then there's now like the realization stage where you realize that, oh, you're not on holiday. This is not a vacation. You are here like for life. Then after that, then there's now the phase where you're actually trying to settle in, like actually build a life. Have you ever wondered what it's like to be behind every single thing you know and start a new life in a foreign country? From my experience, it can be a struggle. On the Newcomers Podcast, I'll be sharing my story, as well as the stories of other immigrants. We'll be talking about the joys and struggles of starting afresh. My name is Dozier, and I'm looking forward to being your host. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Newcomers Podcast. Um, my name is Josiane Munam, and here we talk about, I interview immigrants like myself, and we just chat about what it feels like when you move from your home country to a new place and just start trying to settle in. Today, I have Fola with me. She's been here for like four months, so she's pretty fresh. <laughs> Don't tell me you're shy. Like, it's okay to be fresh. Like, welcome to Canada, first of all. I should say that. Uh, thank you. I, I don't even think it's up to four months because we came here um, the ending of 2022, December 13. So oh. it's pretty much two months. Yeah, three months plus. Months. Yeah, three months plus. Yeah. Yeah. So, how's it been so far? Like, how you, how you enjoyed it? <laughs> okay. So, initially, like, when we got here, I was like excited. I mean, of course. Finally. <laughs> so fun fact, we started applying in 2019. Yeah. Or my, my husband started applying in 2019. Right. And then we met ending of 2019, got married in 2020. And then he added me to his application. And that sort of like stalled the process. So I yeah. he was supposed to have landed since 2020, but because we got married, yeah. So how has it been so far? Goodness. So you know, I feel like every new person that comes, it's like there's a cycle. There's the initial excitement. You are happy to be out of Niger, right? You are finally in your dream country where everything is supposed to work perfectly. And then there's now like the realization stage where you realize that, oh, you're not on holiday. This is not a vacation. You are here like for life. Then after that, then there's now the phase where you're actually trying to settle in, like actually build a life. I think I'm at that third stage now where we are trying to build the like the excitement seeing snow for the first time. All of that has passed. Yeah. I like what you say about when you realize you're not vacation anymore. Because I feel like when you talk to a couple of people who haven't just left or who are mm-hmm. planning to immigrate, like they don't really get that distinction between when you go on vacation is an entirely different thing. Exactly. When you go there to leave. Like to leave, you, yeah. The, the mental shift is so different that like it was so shocking to me when we moved. Like, okay, okay, yeah, I'm not going back. Like, there's no, there's no exactly. ticket. There's no ticket to go back. <laughs> you know, this this is not some bubble that you're in where mm-hmm. you know you get in and you get out. Like, yeah, you're, you're getting out of that bubble again. So you have to kind of you're in that bubble for life now yes. at least. So you I have feel to like I, that, that 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 dawned on me, and I almost got sad because. I'm like, I'm not going home. It's not like, this is now home, right? I'm not going to Lagos. And my family, my husband's family members are here, but 
my family, all everyone is in Nigeria. Do you get it? Yeah. Yeah. So it, there was that, and I think it was on Christmas Day that it just like really dawned on me that this is not a holiday. Yeah, but we are here now. Yeah. <laughs> so let's let's even go back a bit and just talk about that first night when you landed. I mean, you you already said you're a bit excited. I just want to just dig into those feelings a bit. Like, how did it feel? Like, oh, first, okay. like let's, let's even do the first <laughs> the night before you left Nigeria. Oh, and the night when you now okay, landed. Okay, so okay, so we left Nigeria a night after our annual camp meeting in church, reboot camp. So like we're already like really tired. We had we had just come like from the camp, right? And the camp was like a three day camp, so we're exhausted. And then we still had things in the house that we had not packed. So my mom came around, right? She wanted to spend some time with us before leaving. My husband's mom too was around. My friends too were around. Because like we have a really close new community in Lagos, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, Daniel Deyemi, one of my friends, is um, an editor at, or he used to work as a journalist at Tech About, right? He was yeah. around. So everyone was like, the house was full. There was literally like, we had boxes everywhere. So it was like, oh, great. This is finally happening. And so a part of me was like super excited that ah finally I'm going to enter plane. Of course I'd been in a plane before, like when like we went for our honeymoon. It was going to be my second experience, like flying. And this time around I was flying out of the country. So it was exciting. But then it was also stressful, you know, having to park. Then I'd heard like horror stories about MM1 and I was just like I wasn't looking forward to that part. Yes, I was looking forward to getting on the plane, probably like landing. And then our flight was like really long. I know we have a toddler. I have a toddler. Yeah, she's okay. about, she was about, yeah, 40 months when we traveled. So maybe I would have been more excited if I if I knew that I won't be dealing with a baby for 16 hours, right, on a flight. But yeah, I was still excited, but a part of me was still like, uh, like I really just want to get this part of and just land. Yeah, so that was like the night before. Then the day after we landed, of course, we got here. I think that was when the reality started to dawn. First of all, we couldn't get out of the airport without wearing a jacket. It was so cold. It was so cold. Like, you know when they tell you, oh, Canada is cold, and you're like, yeah, Canada is cold. And, you know, we, we already got our jackets from here. You know, my brother-in-law brought, brought them to Nigeria. So we got, like, standard jackets, not from Yaba. Yeah. We were sort of, like, <laughs> protected. But it was it was so, so cold. And then we got an apartment immediately. So we just moved into our apartment. There was, we were jet-lagged. But so I remember the next morning, we woke up and it was snowing. And I remember, well, and I, so we, li- we stay in the basement, right, for now. And I remember, and basement windows are like up. So I remember my son and I like climbing, like tiptoeing, like to see, oh, it's snowing, it's snowing. And we're just really excited. So that night, like, we're like, oh, finally we are here. Thank God. Like the promises came true. So yeah, it was just like really exciting. Let me tell you a Yaba story, you know, so. <laughs> Gosh, like, so before, <laughs> I mean, yeah, you had someone bring the jackets for you. So me, my wife, my wife's mom went mm-hmm. to Yaba together. We said, okay, you know what? We're going to buy jackets. So we, we bought jackets in Yaba. And then you wear the jackets and you come back. You got, we got, we got to Canada. Yeah. <sighs> I, I stepped out in the cold with those jackets. <laughs> and I, and I instantly knew that I had made a really, really terrible mistake because it was just, not it just like, couldn't it, do it. It didn't feel it didn't feel <laughs> like it, it, it was it was like as if it was wearing just a normal t shirt. I mean now my body's probably adjusted to the cool better than yeah, it was just the first time. Yeah. But just wearing this jacket, like I'm just like I feel like it's just, you should tell anyone who's about to leave Nigeria, look, 
don't buy the jacket in Yaba, please. It just doesn't work. Like, that was the same thing they told us as well. So that's why we just told him, okay, when you're coming, just help us buy, you know, the jackets. And, but I also think, I don't know, I don't know, Sha, but I, I feel like some people, did you come, did you come during winter as well? Yeah, I landed in February. Like, I landed plop in the middle of crazy winter. Like, you landed in December, so you landed when winter was starting. When you yeah. land in February, when you land in those minus 24, minus 27 degrees. Yeah, like, I saw that. Yeah, no, we landed in Ottawa first, then okay. we stayed in Ottawa for a year, then we moved to Calgary okay. last year, okay. February. I think Ottawa gets even much more colder than Brampton here. Yeah, yeah, it does. Ottawa is pretty, yeah. pretty cold, yeah. It can be pretty, pretty cold. Okay, so, now let's talk about, like, now you've been here for the past couple months, like, Three months plus. Three months. Just talk about like what are the biggest things, biggest cultural differences you've noticed so far? Like, uh, okay. So I think for one, it will be the taxes. Yes, I was expecting to pay taxes. Like, okay, when my income comes in and I get paid, I was expecting that. What I was not expecting was to buy a bottle of water and I'm paying taxes. Like literally everything you buy in this place. So, for example, maybe I'm shopping on Amazon and I see maybe, for example, when I was going to buy my camera, because um, I vlog for my YouTube channel, I was going to buy my lens, a new lens for my camera, and it was showing 300 and something. And by the time I clicked checkout, there was like an additional $20. From where? Why? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so the taxes and um, then the people as well. There was this other day we were at um, Tim Hortons and I was talking to someone and then someone just came up and then she was just, so she saw my daughter and then she was like, oh, is that your daughter? Oh, she's so beautiful. And then she just started talking about her own children and about, oh, she's from Somalia. Do you know where Somalia is? And I'm like, okay, ma, I don't really know you like that. But yeah, I heard that <laughs> Canadians are friendly. So I guess that's, you know, part of them being friendly. And actually made a video. I made a whole video about the food and the culture shock when I went to, I don't know if you've seen that video. Video. It was no, a battle. I'll send you the link and how they sell their tomato one by one, and you have to be buying one one tomato. What was that? Nigeria they sell tomato together. <laughs> <In baskets>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, so far. Yeah. So yeah, that's, people can be very friendly here, to be honest. Yeah. People can be really friendly here. Like I think yeah. that's one thing. It's you you quickly learn that um when you have conversation with someone, you're probably gonna mm-hmm hear a lot about them that you know if you back in Nigeria you're not used to you're just gonna go back yeah. like, I mean, like I just I just met you and you're already telling about your whole family and everything you're kidding like ah. <laughs> I'm like Nigeria's a lot more superstitious I was telling you something <laughs> so that, that I think is one big change a lot of people have to yeah you have to just kind of you unlearn I think it's more like mm-hmm. you unlearn X and you learn Y that, that's yeah. the thing and then the driving too so, I mean, before we left Nigeria, my husband, like, I've been driving for, like, years, right? And, like, he had to retake his driving test. And now when he's driving, so let's say, like, this is the steering, right? <laughs> and he has to look talent on, talent on. It was a video I saw on, it on Instagram, like, driving in Canada, you get on the steering, and then you turn, then you turn, <laughs> then you turn, checking for blind spots. Who drives like that? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the driving is pretty different. Like, I think it's just the way I look at it is that countries are so different, and every wherever you mm-hmm. go to, you just like you just start adjusting to. Yeah, to that. and that's why, like, we, we had to take like driving lessons again just to like get to this, adjust uh, the system here. It's funny, 
Well, I mean, you're four months in. By time, I feel like by the time you're two years in, you'll be like, oh yeah, that's how we lead. <laughs> or you think you ever, you think you ever still be like, no, I'm gonna hold on to Nigeria that much. I beg, no, I actually <laughs> need to let go of this my slant, but I don't think so. I think even here, like already, we are beginning to settle in, and like the system works right when you're in a place where the system, at least most of the time. Yeah. Right. The, the only beef I have is the healthcare. Like we had to wait hours to see a doctor when my daughter wasn't feeling well. That's that was that's like my only beef so far. But being in a place where the system works, where like there is a future, right? Where we are sure like our daughter will get like access to like quality education. Where things are fair generally, we are walking on the streets or driving, you are young, but you're not expecting anybody to stop you and ask you for your ID or to submit your phone. So things like that. Yeah, yeah. What makes me like glad that we actually made the move? So let's talk a bit about um, like parenting. <laughs> You're smiling. Why? Why are you smiling? <laughs> I mean, just first of all, I think the first first thing I always ask about when I say this is is mm-hmm. so what? So how are you finding it? I mean, Nigeria compared to how it used to be in Nigeria and here yeah. now. It's right because you have a little kid. Yeah, I do. I do, and it was a lot. It was a lot. <laughs> So I remember when we just came and like, okay, so back in Nigeria, my daughter had a nanny that was living with us. Then she had aunties that were living, my younger ones, my younger sisters that were living with us. Then some of my friends as well that used to come and visit. So I had like a lot of support. So even though I was doing a lot of things, like my influencing, brand influencing on my social media, content strategy for tech companies, I really didn't feel it as much because I had like a lot of support. But moving here... And like for, for a while, it was just my husband and I, and like, yeah, we've always been hands-on with her, but it meant we had to be more hands-on with her. And I would say that it's a lot more intensive, right? And it's a lot more, it's a lot more marriage draining in that sense. Like if you're not careful, you just find out that all of your energy is being poured on the baby and you're not making time, you know, between each other to, you know, connect and build a healthy marriage. And that's something like we had to walk through. And like just to plan around. Of course, she's our girl, and she's not going anywhere. So just being intentional. Okay, maybe she's gone to bed, and you know, probably we'll just catch a show together. Of which we eventually end up sleeping. Of course, we are both tired, but this we need, you know. But things have gotten better since like she started daycare. So now, I mean, I'm recording this. If she was at home, she'll probably be showing in this, you know, podcast. On the, on the video, yeah. Yeah, on the video, but she's at daycare. So that has, like, made a lot of things, like, way easier. Of course, weekends, we still have her all to ourselves. But she's generally an easy baby, but even with that, like, with the multiple things, especially because for me now, work is, like, expanding more, you know, into a sort of, like, small business. I'm consulting now. Before I used to work in-house as a content marketer, I'm still looking to, I mean, if I find a suitable position, but now I'm more like consulting for different startups, like helping yeah. out content strategy. So work is like a lot more for me. Then there's the brand influencing. Then there is the med tech platform, helping women get into local tech. So it's a lot. And now combining that, I mean, with raising a daughter, right. And then a marriage, it's been a lot, but thank God for the daycare system. Right. And the fact that, you know, we found one very close to our place and our daughter. Yeah. Lives. So it has been very helpful. But it's different, definitely. <laughs> I'm laughing. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just laughing at you because I mean, like, I, I'm laughing at myself too, also because yeah, like you know, just moving here, that just man mm-hmm. in, in Nigeria, back where you have help, like 
you have help. You have help, and that help means that you can do more sometimes. Yeah. <sighs> so, what's the biggest thing you miss by about home? I miss my I miss my siblings a lot. Like I'm the first child, and okay, my brother is in Lagos, my sister is not. But I mean, they used to come around. If our last born, you know. She gets like vacation from school. She comes to my house. Like they will just randomly pop in. I miss that. I miss seeing them. Right. I miss them. Yeah, I actually do miss them a lot. And then I miss the food. <laughs> my goodness. I miss the food. Although one of the first things I did when we got here was I looked for Nigerian restaurants. So I looked for like correct Nigerian people that deliver. And I ordered from them. In fact, when we got here, one of our friends, she brought us a platter of jollof rice. And it was, it was so good. That was first for one week. That was what we we're just eating before we got our groceries. Yes. So I miss the food. I miss my family members and my friends. I'm like a big community person. Like if you can hear from like all that I've been saying, yeah. my house is always filled with people. But now it's just my husband and I. I think it's a good thing for now. I'm sure like I will still find people even here to come to my house. I'm very sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you, but you have, your husband has family in around yeah, or close they by. Are not, they are not here. They are not in Ontario. Oh. Yes. Yeah, so, oh, wow. But they come around so, once in a while. So just curious, like why did you all mm-hmm. choose Ontario? Just just trying to just understand that. Yeah. Um, for one, my husband is an architect and a project manager, right? And it just felt like there'll be more like opportunities and since I work remotely, I can literally do my work from anywhere, right? Yeah. There is that. And then he's also a pastor and um, Celebration Church. And the branch is here in North York, in Toronto. Oh, so okay. that, that was like a very important fact because, I mean, being yeah. around church. Community, and that's like, that's, I feel like that really made our landing like super easy. Because before we got here, um, church members had come to help us set up our apartments. They brought food, nice. they provided support. They came to pick us days when we needed to go out and before we got our car. So that was really helpful, that community. And I feel like it provided a sort of shock, you know, when we just landed because we didn't have like direct family members, just church family. That was very helpful. And they did it at no cost. So things that we should have probably felt the impact a lot more, we didn't because they were there for us. Yes, yeah, that, shout out to them. Yeah, that, that community thing, I, I feel like it's a really strong thing. This is also part of why mm-hmm. we moved to Calgary because like we have okay. we have a bigger community in Calgary. People we know, people have known for like mm-hmm. 19, 20 years. People That's have known very most. important. Yeah. So it, it kind of helps you to just settle in and just adjust. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. I, I think it's part of the reason why I'm not even exactly looking to move out of Ontario for now because okay. a lot of people we know, people my husband went to um, Covenant, we used to, you know, that he's known for years right here, and that has been helpful. Cool. Um, and so, so, you, you, so the the other question I was going to ask you was basically, you've kind of talked about it a bit, but what has been your biggest challenge so far trying to settle down? I would say it's um, I okay. So I'm actually debating whether or not to be vulnerable, but I mean, vulnerability and authenticity are like the core values of my brand. So I'm just going to talk. So when I got here. I was working, I used to work, you know, with Laser Pay as a blockchain content marketer. Then I got a job here in Canada, 
um, four months before we came with a blockchain yeah. analytics company as well. And but when I got here, I, I, I got laid off because I mean, the whole tech like issue. Yeah. And, and I felt like if I was still in Nigeria, I would have multiple offers. Yeah, because I'm, I'm quite good at what I do if I do say so myself, right? And there's a community of like a tech community that I, like I'm already a part of, you know, right there. So coming here, being in a new place and getting laid off, even though like, of course, I have other businesses that I consult for, but getting laid off like a salaried role, that was very challenging for me. And it almost got me like sad and just like, okay, like, did we do the right thing, moving and all of that? But yeah, I know that we did. And it was just like really rough, you know, at that particular point in time. Yeah, so that's, that's been the greatest, you know, challenge. I mean, apart from like parenting and, you know, all the stress of parenting, but getting laid off at that time was very challenging. Even though, yeah, I love your confidence. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. It, it is, yeah. I'm actually already interviewing for other roles. I've got okay. past, like second stage interviews currently. Yeah, so but it, it shook me, I'll not lie. It shook me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And thinking about the fact that you have to like learn of course, like I've been working with a Canadian company before I came here, but I'm now interacting a lot more like with Canadians, Canadian employers, the, the, um, the most word now, the culture is different. The, the ecosystem is different. So just having yeah. to relearn that. I wonder how did you do that? I mean, you're a content marketer like me. How did you make that move? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, I, I feel like that's a comment. Well, I can share a bit about it, but that's like a full, a full length conversation. But I think one thing mm -hmm. I did, one mm -hmm. thing I did before I moved to Canada was I probably did over 20 to 30 informational interviews. Inter in not, not interviews. Okay. I mean, I should, I should probably call them chats, but like information, okay. I call them informational interviews, but it was basically okay. just reaching out to folks that folks that and saying, Hey, I do X. I'm looking to move to Canada mm -hmm. in the next mm -hmm. couple of months. I just like to yeah. get to talk talk to you about what's going on in the industry, mm, what I, how really I can, good. how I can adjust my skill set, the things I need to mm -hmm. do, things I need to look yeah. out for. And I, that was pretty helpful because what that helped me do was I, I, I ended up working in the States, but what that helped me do was it g gave you confidence. It gave mm -hmm. you, you kind of started to understand the system a bit more. You started getting the nuances. Yeah. I the, the thing about interviewing is that interviewing is almost like a flow. Like you get into mm -hmm. the flow. And yeah. kind of know your story or know mm -hmm. what you want to say or how you want to say it and what you yeah. want to sell. Mm -hmm. um, so doing that helped me clarify who I was and what I wanted, what the skills I had that mm -hmm. fit in with what was happening in the West. Oh, okay. I mean, the, the two different markets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, so that, that was one thing I did. Yeah, I think one thing that helps because I started working with the company I mentioned in August and we relocated in December was yeah. I sort of like worked with a couple of agencies, content marketing agencies. So that like helped me like get in the head space, right? The type of mm -hmm. excuse that they were looking for. That's when I put my portfolio together. That was when I learned about content briefs. And that, so I started, yeah, so I started like learning that. So when I interviewed for that other job, and the layoff was because they were reducing the team size because of finance, actually. So it wasn't because of like skill set or anything. But yeah. I just agree with you that talking to people before we, I, like, I, I even had interviews. You know what this thing they say about um, the the A being silent in the e, EMEA? Yeah, it's true. Because before I got that other job, I interviewed so much. 
And like the interviews go well, and they will just ghost. Once they hear that I'm in Nigeria, they will just once they heard that I was in Nigeria, they will just ghost, and that would be all. <laughs> so the the last question I probably have for you is: What's the one thing you would have done differently? You know, now that you're here, if you think about all the things you did before you came, mm-hmm. what's the one thing you'd have done differently when you look at it with hindsight? I would have not brought as much Nigerian food with me because it's here. I brought so much. I paid extra, extra, what's the word? I paid extra to, yeah, yeah. Food. I paid over 300k for extra luggage. And I'm like, why? But by then, I was already flustered. I just wanted to get out. Like, we were already at the airport. We said our bags were overweight. So I wouldn't have brought a lot. And what else did I have done? Um, I think I would have done that informational thing, even though I sort of did it, but not like you said, you know, yeah. probably built more relationships. And um, yeah, I think that's about it. Those two things. I don't have brought as much Nigerian food and palm oil and all these sorts. <laughs> <laughs> but it's hel- It's still helpful. I mean, it's still, it's still expensive. Yeah, it's still here actually. Maybe I'm not okay, but maybe not as much. I will have brought some, but there are things I brought that, like pap, for example. I went to dry pap, <laughs> and it's still here. And we brought it. <laughs> you brought pap. <laughs> Okay, you know I have a toddler, and at that point, that was the only thing she was eating. Oh, so my yeah. mom said, "Okay, I'm going to make it." It was my mother. I'm putting the blame on her for this one. No, so she made it. <laughs> so she made the pap and dried it and packed it for us. Has she changed her feeling yet? Because I think my son had that thing where he was only taking golden mon in Nigeria, and mm-hmm. when we came here, we shipped golden mon across. Um, she didn't. it's like you're reading my mind. Rere didn't take that pap for one day. T- she didn't take it so i just have like bags of pap in my fridge and like it was literally like we came the next day i made her some pap even her cereal the one she would usually take she has not been eating it now she wants to eat bread and she wants to eat she wants to eat like anything we are eating is what she wants to eat and then she likes butter she likes cheese and i'm like girl you're turning canadian what's that <laughs> Oh yeah, the kids. The kids are just way different from us. That's that's the truth. Like we take longer. Yeah. Right? They they mm-hmm. change. They change. Like, like they change. Too swift. Too swift. So that papa has just been there. She has not been making it. Anybody needs pap, they can send me a message. <laughs> <laughs> hey everyone, everyone who needs pap, who's listening in, <laughs> well, I have some pap for you if you need. Pap. I do. I do. All right, thank you so much. This has been amazing. Thank you for being so authentic and vulnerable and just sharing how you felt uh, sharing when you got when you got laid off. Not everyone will be open to doing that on on air. Um, Thank you so much for joining us on the Newcomers Podcast for La. Thank you for having me. (laughs) All right, then have a great, great day. You too.